Gospels tonight, would you turn with us to the book of 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. And we're going to read verses 8 and 9 here as we look at the Word of God. And as you turn to your place in Scripture, if you would stand with us tonight for the reading of the Word. And uh, we're going tonight to look here at uh, what I believe the Lord has been challenging our hearts, amen, to speak and uh, to preach on here tonight. And uh, we are uh, and really in conjunction and connection with uh, what he has been speaking and doing uh, in these services. Wednesday night, if you were here Wednesday night, uh, we just, uh, the Lord came by in such a special way and folks responding much like this morning just to the presence of God and God reminding uh, of his help and reminding that he is working and moving and folks just laid before the altar and, and up around this front praying and seeking the Lord and, um, uh, and then again this morning just uh, such a sovereign way God speaking and dealing uh, with, uh, with hearts and uh, with letting us know that he, is, that he is moving and working. Victory is available. Victory has been secured and won. And, uh, but I want to tell you, friends, uh, what it's going to take is what we've been doing. And that's pressing in and praying. That's pressing in and seeking the Lord. That's, that's giving it unto him. And, uh, but we're going to look here at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. And if you're there with me, won't you say amen? The Bible says, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia. Listen to here. That we were pressed out of measure, above strength, insomuch that we despaired even of life. But we had the sentence of death in ourselves. Now listen what he goes on to say. That we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead. Amen. Did you catch this? Paul lays out, he's very honest. He said, we have been pressed out. He said, this is more than we can bear, more than we can handle. We can't, we can't do anything with this. He said, we despaired even of life. It's pretty serious when someone says, as a matter of fact, I just think we had the sentence of death over us. But he goes on to say, but this, these things were taking place so that we do not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead. If we can, for just a few moments, and you pray for your pastor tonight. My head, my nose is, is trying to run. And it's not a spiritual run either. Amen. And so I feel a little cloudy and, and, and clogged up, but uh, I know the Lord will help us. But I just want to preach for just a few moments on the subject, going from handling it to handing it over. Amen. From handling it to handing it over. Amen. Do you know that God has some things going on in your life? That he is not asking you to handle it. He is not asking you to handle it. If anything, he's just asking Aunt Dodie that, how about we just hand it over? How about we just hand it over? Can we pray together this evening? Father, I thank you tonight for your faithfulness. And I thank you, Lord, that you're our help, a present help in the time of trouble. Thank you, Lord, tonight. I thank you for your word, and I pray anoint your word, Lord, as we know and we trust you to do. I pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts and encourage and challenge. Father, I pray tonight, Lord, that it be real within our hearts. And, Lord, let us leave this place in a different mindset and of a different heart than the way that we've come. 
Lord, I'm asking for your help tonight. I'm leaning upon you. I ask your touch in my body. I'm asking, Lord, strength and clarity in my mind and my lips. And Father, we're quick to give you thanks and praise for what you'll do. And truly, we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated. From handling it to hand it over. Amen. To hand it over. Can I ask you tonight, uh, if you have heard, if you have heard the term, God will not give you more than you can handle. Have you heard that? As a matter of fact, uh, uh, Aaron, uh, I hate to put you on the spot, but uh, could you please look up that scripture for me? Just look up that scripture. God will not give you more than you can handle. And uh, uh, you, can, you can look that up and, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prevent you, Brother Aaron, from a little bit of heartache. It, it doesn't exist. Did you know that? It doesn't exist. Now, I've heard people declare it. Well, you know, the Bible said God's not going to give you more than you can handle. You know God said he ain't going to put on me more than I can handle. And yet, there's not a verse to back it up. Now, in argument, and for some of you Bible scholars right now, your wheels are turning. And some of you are saying, I'm going to prove Brother Jake wrong. I'm going to prove him wrong. You're going to go and you're going to dig, but I can, I will, I'll beat you to the punch because here is what you're thinking of. In 1 Corinthians 10, the Bible declares, Paul had said that there is not a temptation that would overtake you. Now, I want you to understand is that there is a, a distinguished difference here in what I am saying in regards to life situations that we cannot handle and versus temptation that we are going to be dealing with because the scripture says that in those places of temptation that the Lord would make a way of escape. And so that is a rebuttal for those that would tell you, and I've heard preachers that say, you've got to sin a little every day. No, you don't. No, you don't. That's another message, but there in 1 Corinthians 10 is proof of that because the Lord said that there wouldn't be a temptation that would overcome you or overwhelm you in such a way that he can't make a way of escape. We know tonight that we are victorious through Christ, and we know tonight that he has paid the price, and that and all of these things, uh, and, and that scripture goes on to say that you would not uh, be tempted above what you are able to bear and I think that in people's uh, ideology and in our wording and in our thoughts we start to mesh some of these ideas together and I if you will I, I'm not saying these things to discourage you tonight but I'm saying these things for there to be a reality of truth I want you to have a reality of what is going on maybe right now in your life and in your situation when you are up against some things and you would say brother Jacob if I'm speaking honestly there are things that I cannot handle you see for someone to say that God will not give you more than you can handle it is simply a cliche it is a nice sentiment it is a hope even but it is not true I think that if we really look at the word of God if you really take a look at the men and women of scripture you will find that there would be some that would argue that point uh, just like the argument that I make before you tonight if you listen carefully and I'll just give you a few uh, a few uh, phrases a few uh, uh, people in situations in scripture if you listen to Job and, and some would say well Job was an anomaly uh, it, that's, uh, that's something all on its own nobody has suffered like Job since then 
but I, I, I want you to understand but Job was real and Job was a real man and Job suffered terrible things and we find that Job said this listen to his words if you think that there's more that, uh, that than you can handle you're in good company because Job said though he slay me amen I want you to catch this we quote it we say it and we throw it out there real fast but I want you to listen sister Laura Job is saying I am up against something that I cannot handle I am at the point of death he said though he slay me here is a man that had lost lost everything we know the story he had lost his health he had lost his family he had lost he had lost his possessions all of these things but the word of God said that in this he said I can't handle it he says it's like I'm dying he said it's like God is killing me but Job went on to say in this yet will I trust him but I will he said maintain my own ways before him what did that mean he said in what I cannot handle and what I cannot do he said this is what I will do he said I will hand it over to him I can't handle it because I feel like I'm dying and this is more than I can comprehend he said but since I can't handle it how do I hand it over I'll hand it over by recognizing that even in what seemingly is death in my person death in my body death in my family death in my possessions he said there does not have to be a death of my trust and my confidence in God there does not have to be an expiration of my integrity can I tell you that's what Satan was after Satan was after Job's integrity after Job's trust after Job's love for God he told God Satan did said you let me get my hands on him and he will curse you but Job in what he could not handle he said I'm right now going to make up my mind in what I don't understand and what I can't figure out and what I can't do that though he slay me I will hand it over and I will trust him I will maintain my integrity church can I tell you when you can't handle it you ain't got to backslide you ain't got to fall apart you ain't got to give up on God keep your integrity and trust him in every step of the way Oh, trust him with it. Understand that in our inability to handle it, because I'm just going to be very real with you this evening, as there are things you're up against right now, and you cannot handle it. I cannot handle it. We do our best. We try. We try to figure out. We try to understand. We try to work it. We try to navigate it, but let me just be honest with you. Life is going to give you things that are much bigger than you and I. Things that we can't make sense of. And what we cannot handle, there has to be a determination within us. And there has to be a willingness to hand over those things that we cannot handle. He said that I am going to trust the Lord And I'm going to maintain my integrity. I'm going to maintain and hold my position. And I'm going to trust him. I'm going to love him. I'm going to worship him. The book of Job is chock full of these statements and sentiments of Job's heart and his position. I want you to understand this tonight. Sometimes in what we are trying to handle, if we're not careful, it is changing our position. It is changing our mindset. We have allowed it to begin for us to begin to think that this time, in this moment, in this situation, it is bad enough that I don't know if God can help it. 
I don't know if God can fix it. I don't know, preacher, if I can pray enough. I don't know if I can fast enough. I don't know if I can worship enough. I know all the things you say. I know all the things I've heard. I know all the quote-unquote right things to do. Oh, but can I tell you, friends, that when we're in the places of life that we can't handle, could we please one more time and for the sake of the good get some stubbornness and tenacity in our soul and dig our hills in and as old songwriter said I shall not be I shall not be moved oh but I am going to trust in the Lord I'm going to trust him because of what I cannot handle I've got to hand it over David had something to say about this. He said in regards to life, he said, From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. Listen to this. When my heart is overwhelmed, when I am overwhelmed, when I am overrun, when it's more than I can handle, more than my mind can process, when life is too heavy. You see, in handling things, there's a heaviness that comes. Hey Amen. There are just some things that can't be done. Oh, can I say tonight that we are in such positions right now. We are in such moments. We are at such crossroads as to where we can stand and we can try all day long. We can exert and we can worry and, and we can grow faint and we can find ourselves frustrated and all of these things and in this we sometimes if we're not careful our mindset and our hearts get to where we think God's being unfair or that God doesn't care or that God is not concerned with what's going on and listen this preacher does not have to argue what God said this morning he reminded us that he does care he reminded us he does know he reminded us he knows exactly what's going on he went as far to say this morning by way of tongue and interpretation he said the victory has already been there it awaits for you that lets me know I gotta handle it I can hand it on over because it's in his capable hands oh there's times that Sister Carolyn, she'll be doing something or whatever, and maybe Brother Torbert, something's too heavy for her to move, and she'll be over there straining and trying or whatever. And have you ever been those moments? You know, I, I feel real macho, Brother Gary, when there's a pickle jar she can't open. She's over there trying, and she'll come and she'll say, Honey, I need you. Let me take care of this for you. Right, And I make sure, Brother Eli, if it's one of them real tough ones, I'll turn my back. Because I'm, I'm trying to get it. Right? Reaches a point where she says, I'm, I'm tired of handling this. Have you ever been in a situation where you've been so frustrated and you've been up against something and you, you had somebody there and you said, I, I can't handle this. I can't do this. I need you to take over. I need you to take over. And this is the mindset, this is the place. And can I say, this is where God wants us anyway. It's in the place to say, Lord, I, 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 I need you to, and I want you to, and I realize I've got to hand this over to you. Because we're sitting there, and we're struggling, and we're straining, and we're, and we're all of the things that come along with it. We're encumbered about with so much of this. And, and he, is, he says, look, David went on to say, when my heart is overwhelmed, when I'm overrun, when it, when it seems I'm drowning, if you will, he says, lead me to the rock that is higher than I Lead me to that place. Lord, here I am and I can't handle it, but I'm handing this over to you and I'm, and I'm coming to the place. Can I say tonight and remind somebody in this house that have you noticed that when life is the most difficult, that is when there is some of the greatest temptation to stay out of the presence of the Lord. You notice that? I know it got quiet right there, but I'm telling the truth. When things are really difficult... Really difficult. Sometimes our go-to is, I think I'm going to stay home. I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm just, thank you, Brother Coleman. I'm just, I'm just not in the mind, right? 
I'm just, I, I'm not in the mind to go and pray. I, I've heard the arguments, amen. I, I've heard them, I, I really have. You, you check in on folks. I, I just, you know, I, I, I didn't feel like coming and, and, and putting on. I, I didn't feel like, you know, I just wasn't feeling it, Pastor. And I respect that. I get it. I, I, I understand. We all have them days where you just, uh, you're not there. And sometimes you come and you find a pew and you sit down and, and, and you don't feel you, 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 in your flesh and in your frustration. You don't feel like worshiping. And, and I know, I know it's difficult. Matter of fact, Brother Marvin and I were talking in prayer meeting in the back before we got to praying. And I asked him, I said, how's your afternoon? He says, good. I said, did you get some rest? He said, I got too much. He said, I forgot to set my alarm to wake up. That's one of them good naps. Somebody said, you know, a nap's real good when you, when you uh, 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 wake up from a dream that you missed a school bus and it was Sunday and you're 32 years old. That's a good nap. Amen. You know you're in rim sleep when you're out there and you didn't make graduation, right? Amen. You haven't been in school in over 30 years. And he said, and I, I appreciate Brother Marvin's honesty. He said, you know what, Pastor? He said, I was there, and he said, it was 10 minutes till 5. He said, oh, man, I'm running behind. And he said, do you know what the first voice in my head was? He said, it was the enemy. You know, you're tired. You don't feel real good. Won't you just, oh, did y'all, y'all face that too? Y'all face that too? Friends, I'm just going to tell you something, and you know this to be true, is that if we waited for every time we felt spiritual, every time we felt like coming to church, every time we felt like we had revival, Brother Torbert, every time we felt like preaching, every time we felt like praying, every time, Brother Danny, you felt like playing an instrument, oh, when Sister Carolyn, every time you felt like singing, I can promise you this, there would be many times that we wouldn't be anywhere in the vicinity if we went off of our feelings because a lot of times we're saying I can't handle it and we say and argue I'm not going to pretend I'm not going to fake it I'm not going to be there and just sit around can I tell you being in proximity of his presence is better it is a million times better if you got to be grumpy be grumpy if you're going to sit there and pucker your chin out go right ahead but I'd rather you sit there and look mad until the presence of God begins to move upon your heart and begins to speak in your soul and you begin to say I went from trying to handle it and brother Eli I learned to hand it over into the hands of God oh I know because sometimes we think the church is only a place for perfect and it's not There's a lot of imperfection in this house. A lot of imperfection. And don't don't get riled up. Well, I thought you loved us, preacher. (laughs) I do. I love you, and I hope you love me, because there's a lot of imperfection right here, too. But I'm going to tell you, it's too many times we're waiting. We're waiting for the right moments. We're waiting till we feel it. We're waiting to all this. And listen, we have got to get past what we feel And go again on what we believe to be true. If we believe that he's promised us the victory. We need to respond in that. And step out in that. And walk in that. And trust him in that. Instead of waiting until some magical moment. Until some just. Until we can say oh that was the service. Or that was the thing. And let me tell you something. How many times have I. How many times have you. You came and to get into his presence when you did not feel like it. But by the time the lights were going to be turned out, you was leaving saying, I am so glad. I am so glad that I was in his house. I am so glad. Listen, I'm not naive to say that the church is the only place you feel his presence and power. I know you can at home. I know you can in your car. I know you can in various places. But can I tell you, the word of God gives us instruction for for very specific reasons 
them not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together for direct purposes. Oh, can I tell you, don't you be ashamed. I want to tell somebody, I believe somebody here tonight needs to hear this right here. Don't be ashamed you can't handle it. Don't be ashamed it's bigger than you. Don't be ashamed it's uglier than what you thought. Don't be ashamed that right now your life is messy. Can I tell you, you're in the right place for messy. You're in the right place for too big. You're in the right place for the ugliness of life. And it's in the presence of God. In the presence of God. Oh, when I cannot handle it, Lord, I'm going to, I'm just going to hand it over. I'm going to hand it over. Amen. He said, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. He said, get me in the place in the proximity of your presence. If I can't do anything else but be near you, Lord, then I know that'll suffice. I know that'll suffice. I know that'll help me make it another day. Solomon said this, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. The spirit of a man, a man's will, his emotion, it'll sustain an infirmity, it says, but a wounded spirit, who can bear? Who can bear when you're wounded? These examples that I have read to you from Paul to Job to David to Solomon They all had the same thing in common. There were things, Sister Linda, they could not handle. Paul said, and what I could not handle, he said, we were even at death. We were pressed out. This was so difficult. said, these were things that we, we were despairing life. He said, we had the sentence of death. He said, but here's what I've come to learn, Brother Eddie. It was so that we would not trust in ourselves. That we would not trust in ourselves. You see, a part of the shame of the messiness of not life and the ugliness of life is we get ashamed because we're not handling it the right way. We're not able to bear it. We're not able to do it. We're not able to look so strong. As a matter of fact, when things get difficult enough, I will tell you this, it will show your weakness. It will reveal your vulnerability. It will reveal the cracks and the kinks uh, 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 the, the chinks, if you will, in the armor. It'll, it'll show all of those things. And I know that we don't want that to be a part of our persona. I know we like to try to carry ourselves like we've always got it together. Oh, but can I tell you, the evidence of life shows us that there is much that we cannot handle. I want to tell you tonight, I made just a short list here. I had read an article that a lady wrote, and it really resonated with me. And I, and I, and I uh, wrote a few things here that she had put down. But I, uh, she said in, in her article, she said, these are the things. She said, we cannot handle sickness. We cannot handle pain. There are times you cannot handle betrayal. You cannot handle loss. You cannot handle grief. You cannot handle divorce. You cannot handle broken home. You cannot handle prodigals on your own. You cannot handle rejection. You cannot handle depression. You cannot manage your discouragement. Understand that life, there are 101 other things, and the list can go on and on, that you and I cannot handle. We can't handle it. There's times in every one of these things that I have mentioned, and we can make this list a mile long, is that there are things that tonight, even what I was reading, I want you to notice, you have a tendency right now, as I mentioned some of those things, in your mind there were some things you're saying, well, I could handle that. Because we're so geared, we, we, we go on this defensive, we, we want to try to, well, I, or some say, I've been through that, I handled that all right. But did you? Did you? Are you sure? Because I have seen every one of these things in action in people's lives or in my own personal life. And there were many, many times as to where I came to the stark realization, I cannot handle it. Just can't do it. We think sometimes it's a knock about our faith or our spirituality, but it's not. I tell you, when it crosses over into dangerous ground is when we continue to go in those ways of trying to deal and trying to work it. And we don't 
turn to the Lord. We don't trust Him with it. We do not go to Him and get in proximity of His presence. When we are trying to survive on our own will, But as Solomon said, you can sustain yourself a while. He said, but a wounded spirit, who can bear that? Hope deferred makes a heart sick. I want you to understand that help comes in various forms and fashions. I want you to know tonight, and if I can point out the obvious, we've spent almost a month of Wednesdays preaching on the sermon series, Bind Us Together. And I want to remind you tonight is that there are, there are people God has placed in your life to help you handle some things. God has placed. Now, I know ultimately we are trusting God and we are leaning upon Him. But God in His omnipotence and He will work through and He will put and position people around you to help you. So you can hand it over. Just like a child that is coming up against something that they can't lift, they can't do or whatever. And you as a parent, you as an adult, you would go by and you would help them with that. Brother Segura today talking about this young man so broken, so broken. And and I, I don't know if you listen to what Brother Segura said. He said, rarely do we even go out. But God had them out today. And I, it, there wasn't this earth-shattering, life-changing moment. But in that moment of that man's brokenness, Brother Segura, you were there. You maybe couldn't you couldn't have real discussion because of a language barrier. But did you know? Did you know everything? Did you know tonight that something that goes beyond language barriers? And did you know something that every blind man can see and every deaf ear can hear is when there is somebody who is filled with compassion, when there is somebody who comes along and says, I know you can't handle it. Why don't you hand it over? Why don't you let me? help you bear the burden why don't you let me help pray for you oh friends can I tell you tonight is that God has positioned some great people right here in this body of Christ that when you stand can I tell you don't run and don't reject the people that love you the most don't hold your head in shame and say I'm not going to reach out because God has put some people and some prayer warriors and some folks who will stand in agreement with you to help you Hand it over so that you can work and navigate your way through this. There have been people who have been in my life for seasons. Seasons and moments. And at different times, Sister Amber, I didn't always recognize or realize why, you know, how it all came about. But then as life transpired, I realized that person was there and they helped me with a burden in that season of life. They were there. I want you to understand is that God's help comes in various forms and fashions. It comes in various ways. And one of the things that why the enemy works so hard to divide us and why the enemy works so hard to condemn you and to shame you is so that you recluse and you are isolated and you're not reaching out for help. You're not reaching out for help. Can I say tonight, the Word of God gives us many illustrations and examples of those that that we see where the command of Christ is that we are to help. Romans 15 and 1, listen to this. It says, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. In other words, don't look at your strength and look at what you can do or just walk around and say, well, that ain't, that's a non-issue for me. I'm sorry, friend, that you're going through that and you go on your way. He said, but what you must do, said you help to bear those infirmities of those that are weak. You help to lift them up. You help to support them. Galatians 6 and 2, you hear me quote this often at prayer time. Bear you one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Sister Dodie and I were talking uh, just yesterday about that law. And uh, Christ had said, this new commandment I give unto you. Do you know what the new commandment was? He said that you love your neighbor even as yourself. In the gospel of Mark, he was talking a 
scribe asked him, said, Lord, said, which of the commandments is the most important? And Christ said this. He said, first, that you love the Lord your God with all of your heart, your soul, your mind, and strength. He said, and the second is just like as unto the first, that you love your neighbor as yourself. And Brother Coleman, he said, as a matter of fact, all the others hang upon these two. These are the hinge. These are the linchpin. This is where everything hinges. And this is where Galatians, Paul said, remember that law Christ said about loving your neighbor, supporting your neighbor, believing for a brother? He said, if you want to fulfill that law, then bear one another's burdens. May God help us. We are not a church of individuals who are out on their own thing, but may God bring us together, bind us together and say, Lord, help me that I can help a brother or sister that they can hand it over. And what I cannot handle, and what I cannot handle, can I say this? You would be surprised. Can I tell you the family God will surprise you? They will. You can think you're loved and cared about, but when you really get in a place of something you can't handle, am I lying, Sister T? When people from literally all over the world, in a matter of hours after the announcement of Benjamin's diagnosis, I watched as, and just what I saw publicly through Facebook, messages pour in, prayers being prayed. I saw live stream videos of special prayer meetings and special ones and services standing in for Ben. Some of them Ben didn't even know. That's the family of God. Prayers and finances and situations that you just, you'd you go and you look up and say, I, I didn't know, but I'm telling you, friends, because there are things you cannot handle. When Papa passed and, and every, we're all shocked and all these things going on, there were people that reached out, Mamma, that we hadn't heard from in years. Some folks that we didn't even know. We had people in the community out of Vider that his life had impacted and touched who showed up, whether they They'd slip an offering, whether they come and provide something. There was some that showed up at different times in order to help to meet a need of mammal. What is it? I'll tell you what it is. It's a family of God and what you cannot handle. God says you hand it over. I'm going to put some people around you that'll help you out. I'm bringing this very obvious point out because There are some that say, well, I have no one to hand it over to. And that's not true. Look around you. Look around you. There is. There is. Why don't we shut the mouth of that lying devil? Why don't we just shut his mouth up? Why don't we... Can I tell you is that sometimes, Sister Gold, we've just got to keep pointing to the truth. We've got to keep looking. Well, I'm waiting for God to send. I'm waiting for God to handle it. I, I'm waiting for God. I want to hand it over, preacher. But you see, I ain't, got, I ain't got nobody. I ain't got nobody who cares. That is not true. That's not true. There are people right here. There are people in your family. There are people in the vicinity that in your most trying time, you'd be surprised who God raises up and says. The Bible tells us of a man, we know of his story, it became famous that in his great moment of need, he had four friends. We don't know their names, but it says there was a man who had a condition. They tell us his condition, it was palsy, couldn't move, couldn't, couldn't get to Christ. But it says that he was, the scripture says, well, I'll read it to you, Mark 2 and 3. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. Now that term born there is not born as in I was born like this, B-O-R-N, but it's pronounced or spelled B-O-R-N-E, which is a past, uh, a, 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 not a past participle, I'm getting all Englishly on you, uh, not a past, but it's, it's a past word of the term to bear. 
In other words, you could say it like this. He was brought in. He was carried. His need was bared by four. And it says they got him to Christ. And when that place was so packed, when they couldn't even come nigh the door, Sister Cindy, those four continued to bear him up to the roof. And didn't stop at the roof, but tore the roof off to get him down into the presence of God. I'm going to tell you something. I stand here tonight as a testimony, Brother Eli. I'll tell you right now. I saw, I saw somebody the other day. They was wearing a t-shirt. And this, this guy, I guess he was promoting, you know. I, I don't know what he did. He, he, I don't know what his profession was or what his success was. But Aaron, he had a, a, a t-shirt on and it said, self-made man. He's proud of that. Self-made man. And it, and it hit me differently. He was proud of it. And Brother Torbert, I realized right then when I saw it, I said, that shirt wouldn't work for me. I'm not a self-made man. I'm not standing here preaching to you tonight by any merit of my own. I'm not here because I'm Superman, invincible, never had a problem, never had a bad day. I'm here because somebody, Brother Marvin, somewhere along the way, I had several somebodies who picked me up. Several somebodies who carried me through prayer. I've told you some of the stories. Brother Josh, it started for me back at 9 and 10 years old. Families in the church that would, when my parents weren't going to church, and, but they were willing to meet my mom uh, halfway, and, and, and I'd go spend the day with them. I could tell you a story all over again about the Adair family. The Adair's brother Torbert paid for years of my youth camp. They would give me, they'd give me bags, bags of dress clothes. Now, we weren't, we weren't poor and destitute in the sense that my parents couldn't buy any clothes, but Sister Adair, she had boys that were uh, uh, another uh, son that was older than me, and the other son being him about the same age. And but Brother uh, Keith, if she had, they had slack shirts, whatever. She'd give me bags full of church clothes. They'd pick me up. They'd feed me every Sunday. Hey, Amen. Uh, Brother Danny's laughing because he's got a son-in-law that he grew up. Old Dustin, old Dustin grew up. That he was he was uh, Brother Goodwin's other child. I mean, every Sunday, Brother Dustin, he, he got to a point he'd even ask if he'd come over. He, they'd get in the car, go to El Burrito. Dustin sit in the car with them. Amen. He just, he just saying, I'm there. I'm, I'm here with you. Right? I'm, I'm going to be here. And he'd go over to the house and terrorize them and aggravate them all afternoon. Oh, can I tell you? I, I, was, I was getting ready to say I was a Dustin, but I wasn't quite a Dustin. <laughs> I wasn't quite a Dustin, but I was I, when, when church was over, Sister T, the Adairs was loading up. I was loading up with them. We went to the house. They bought hamburgers for their kids. They bought a hamburger for me. They got they got church clothes for their kids. I remember there's a couple times for youth camp that she'd be cutting the hair of her boys. She'd say, "Set in the chair, Jay. You're getting a haircut too." Hey man, she'd take give me an application. She'd say, "Your way's already been paid. I just need your mama to sign on the dotted line." I'm here to tell you, back at nine and ten, I had some folks, and I could give you all kinds of names of some people. I stand here tonight, not a self-made man. But I stand here that when life gave me more than I could handle, there were some people that God said, I'm going to hand it over, and they're going to help you make it. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad somebody was patient with you? Aren't you glad somebody loved you through it? Aren't you glad, oh, that when you was wild and radical, and I mean, you couldn't put nothing together and... Everybody else said, ain't no hope for him or her. Aren't you glad God said, I'm putting some people in your way. I'm putting some people in your path. When you was out running and motorcycling and drinking and all that kind of stuff, running from your call, all that kind of, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to take your earplug out. Doing all that kind of stuff. Hey, man. There were, there were years, there were years. I mean, when Aaron graduated, he went into the Marine Corps. Uh, there was years. I didn't see him barely if I could see him at Christmas time. There's time, I mean, it's a picture. It was sometimes, uh, you know, see him a little bit. And then there was times when we did see him. He'd come in, and he, he'll admit it now. Back then he wouldn't. He's so convicted. I mean, his squirmy and wormy, he'd sit there all stoved up around the family. We'd be talking about God, talking about things. He'd get uncomfortable. He'd have to go see a friend. 
friend. He'd have to go somewhere. Am I telling the truth? He'd have to get out of the house. Amen. Oh, but can I tell you, there was mamas and there was aunties and uncles and cousins. And they was praying and believing for God. Amen. Never in a million years would I have dreamed Aaron Ray would wind up. I'd get a phone call. Aaron's taking a job in Beaumont. He's going to be in church with you next Sunday. What in the world? I never knew. I never knew God would have plans that uh, that Sister Care would be a part of the family. I never knew that any of these things. But I can tell you that when life gave you some things you could not handle, God said, I'm going to put some people in your pathway. You just hand it over and let me do the rest. I'm telling you, I'm giving you examples tonight of the fact that there were people that God has placed in your proximity and that he has has surrounded you with. Amen. That God says, would you allow them to to help you? You can't handle it. I just need you to hand it over. Hand it over. I know tonight this message is simple. And I promise you, I'm I'm exuding a lot more energy than what I've than what I'm probably showing. You'd think, Brother Jake, this is just a single tonight. It ain't a home run. That's okay. But what I'm telling you is the truth. What I'm telling you, I believe it can help somebody. We've had some services. These last couple of weeks where God has met and God's been dealing and God's been speaking. And through, through this, through some of the phone calls, through some of the things that I know that you've been navigating. And, and I was driving to the house the other day and God spoke to my heart and he said, I'm not asking anybody to handle this. I'm just asking them to hand it over. That's all I'm asking. I began to cry behind my steering wheel in the truck. And I said, God, help me. Help me just to hand it over. Help me to see the people. Help me to realize. Don't let me be ashamed that I can't handle it all. Don't let me be ashamed that, don't let me think that it's a mark against my faith or it's a mark against manhood or womanhood that I just can't, I can't do it because, because we all, we all are going to be at a place in life that you can't handle it. You can't bear it. You can't do it. Paul said, even in that sentence of death, he said it was because we would not look unto ourselves, but that we would look to God. And I love how he finishes it. Who resurrects the dead, brings to life. Brother Danny, Sister Carolyn, if you'd come. Can we bow our heads all over this place tonight? Father, I thank you. Father, I give you praise. Lord, I thank you tonight. I thank you, Lord, the way that you've been dealing and the way that you've been speaking in these services. Lord, the way you've been drawing hearts and what you've been reminding. And I know tonight, I know tonight, I I want, church, I want you to hear what I'm saying. Just Just maintain reverence before the Lord. You ain't got to look at me. There are some things you're up against, and I know God's working, and I know God's dealt, and I know God's moved, but I'm going to tell you, there are some things you're up against. It's not going to be one trip to the altar, and it's over. There's going to be some things. It's not one prayer prayed, and it's done. It's not going to be, it's not just going to be tied up in, well, I did this, or I attended this service, or I did this thing. I check the box and now it's okay because I'm going to tell you there are some things that you're going, to, you're going to meet it again tomorrow morning some things they will meet you in the car when you get out in the parking lot tonight hear me, hear your pastor I'm telling you the truth you're going to be challenged day in and day out that there are some things that you have got to hand it over Sometimes in handing it over, and I'm speaking for myself personally, sometimes I realize as I have to do that multiple times in a day, many days, until I have left that thing alone and I have trusted God. I can stand here and 
shout and preach and holler and say trust him and get in proximity of his presence and let people help you and I can do all that we can amen we can understand all that kind of stuff but I'm going to tell you you've got to put these things into practice on a daily basis on a daily basis not just in a moment not just in a service but I'm telling you friends this is something that it is applicable in every day of life every day of life And tonight, again, I want to remind you, you are not destitute. You are not lacking in faith. You're not unspiritual because you're having a hard time. You're not terrible because you struggle. You're not terrible because life is messy. You're not terrible because things are ugly right now. And you wish it can be different, but you'd say, Pastor, all I can say is I'm up against some things I cannot handle. Well, if Paul was talking to you, he'd say, good. He said, because I learned that even when I was at the point of death, God brought me to all of that so that I would not look to myself, but that I would look to him, that I would trust in God. There are some things that tonight I believe that God would say, are you tired of trying to handle it? How about you hand it over? How about you realize tonight that I want to help you? How about you look and see I put some people around you who can say, hey, I can help bear that burden. God's put me in your path and God's put me here to help so that you can hand it over. It's bigger than what you can do right now. It's more than what you can contain. I'm here to help you. When you're fighting against the temptation to even be in his presence because you feel that shame, you feel condemnation. You'd say, I don't feel excited. I feel like I'm just existing. I feel like, a, and I don't know. I don't know if I should be around church folks. I don't know if I can endure another service. I don't know if I can put on because I just don't feel it, preacher. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, get to the rock that's higher than you. I'm telling you, reach and grab and claw and climb the best that you can. Get in here. Get in the service. Get into his presence. If all you can do is set, that's fine. Let God's spirit work. Let him speak. Let him draw. But be responsive and obedient when he does. Tonight, I'm simply going to ask this. If if you're here tonight, you'd say, Preacher, there's a lot of things I can't handle. But what I will determine to do, I'm going to hand it over. I'm going to hand it over to him. If that's your heart's desire tonight. If that's your heart's desire tonight. Now, right now, you're going to fight. You're going to fight temptation to stay right where you are. Because you'd say, if I make a move, people's going to think this or that. No, sir, no, ma'am. It just means you're human like the rest of us. It means you're just as human as Job and as human as David and as human as Solomon. Lord, I need your help. If that's us, why don't we come and find our place, ourselves a place at these altars? Why don't you come tonight? Can we come and just ask him? Would you come and say, Lord, help me. Help me to open my eyes and see those you placed around me. Help me to see, Lord. Oh, when I need your presence, help me, Lord, to see and recognize. Oh, there's some things. Oh, there are some things. There are some things tonight, Pastor, I can't handle. There are some things tonight, God, that I cannot fix. I know I've seen recognize. Oh, but tonight, Jesus. Oh, 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 Jesus.